So this is my part two of talking to Thorhildur Magnusdóttir um, about polyamorous relationships. In the first part that is already out, um, we we spoke uh, about what makes people get into this and, uh, you know, why and, and how people are, yeah, the, the whys and what people need to think about, you know, like being responsible for your own happiness and that you can't get everything from one person, et cetera, et cetera. And... Um, Thorhildur is in a polyamorous relationship herself, uh, four years going strong. Uh, after being 15 years with her husband and having two children, they decided this. And uh, yeah, the the uh, in this episode, we talk, or this part, let's say, the second part, we talk more about, um, you know, like the how, you know, how does it work? You know, what are the rules? How, you know, yeah, obviously I asked a lot of questions that I think a lot of other people would want to know the answers to, and she was very straightforward and gave good answers. So uh, I hope you enjoy this one. And uh, both parts are available on my YouTube channel, the Blah Blah Bunker on YouTube, um, in picture with video, because we recorded this in a, in a video studio in Iceland. So that's maybe a nicer experience for this, and uh, that should be available very soon as well there. Enjoy. So... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the question, yeah, okay, yeah. so there is there is this um, theory and there's this really interesting woman called Dr. Zana on mm. Instagram who talks a lot about non-monogamy that says that most people want to have this kind of strong, um, secure, primary connection in their life mm. and they also want the freedom to explore with other people. Mm. So it is very, um, you know, we have this kind of, you could say, yeah, maybe natural need to have our special person. Mm. Um, so I think th through surveys, it has been shown that most people who are interested in non-monogamy want this kind of safe base. They want to live with a partner um, as well as having the freedom to explore with other people. Mm. But then you also have um, like one definition of polyamory is called solo polyamory, which is if a person is single, decides to be um, solo polyamorous, they are like first and foremost committed to themselves. Mm -hmm. Like they might not want to share housing with other people, uh, not get married, not have kids. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. And me. Yeah. And they just they just want to have. I mean, they have deep connections. They mm -hmm. have like deep emotional bonds with people. They're committed. They they go on holidays. They do all kinds of things with people, but they don't go into this kind of. Um, it's, it's called the relationship escalator, where you just like okay, we get engaged, mm. move in together, get married, have kids. Da, 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 da. This kind of you know mm -hmm. <laughs> slow traditional route. Yeah, the traditional route of relationship. They're not going to go into that. Mm. So that's that's another way of defining mm. how people can be in polyamorous relationships. But if you like, if you do this, like, um, I guess you need to. I mean, and, and the conversation, for example, that you have with your husband and what people are talking about in this before they start something like this, I, you must agree, I don't know, some rules or some base, right? Or, or what would typically be what people are talking about? Like, okay, I don't want you to sleep over or you can't yeah. be away more than three days or something. Are there yeah. some... So when people have been together for a long time in a monogamous relationship and then have the discussion of opening... Mm. Um, it is, to, it is probably very important that they do it slowly. Mm. And that might mean like you're allowed to go dancing and make out with somebody, but you cannot go home with them. Mm -hmm. Like, or you can, you can meet somebody and have sex, but uh, you, you have to come home then. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, people might need this kind of slow progression. Uh -huh. um, but I think then it depends on like how emotionally resilient they are what kind of life view they have. Like, 
you might also, you know, just have a very philosophical view and it's like, yeah, this makes sense, like, go for it. Mm. Um, but there is also a lot of, like, you know, attachment um, trauma or, like, attachment history that we have, which makes us afraid, mm. um, which is why we need this kind of slow pace into it, building up the trust and building up this kind of, yeah, emotional resilience um, to be able to do this. Mm. And and that's that's another thing that, you know, when, like you asked before, mm. what if one person wants this and the other one doesn't? Like, not everybody wants the emotional effort that it might take to do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people are more traumatized, they have oh. more, you know, abandonment issues. There's, there's just more, um, you know, more issues to work through in their own personal life that they might decide, I don't want to take on this, the emotional labor to do this. Yeah. And that's perfectly valid. Mm. Like, um, even though, like, probably every human could climb Mount Everest, you yeah, don't have to. Not everybody wants to, yeah. Not everybody wants to put in the work to do that. Mm. Um, so that that is also a valid choice. Mm. I think some people, like, because this discussion is becoming more, you know, obvious in society today, that people might think, okay, being polyamorous is more enlightened. It's a more correct way to do it. It's more uh, right. It's more moral or and whatever. More natural or whatever. More natural. Yeah. No, more mature, maybe. It's like so, so it's like the best way yeah, to do yeah, it. Yeah. But it's not. It mm. doesn't have to be that way. You mm. don't have to do this. Mm. This is not better than anything else. Mm. It's just what what will make you happy. Mm-hmm. And but do you like okay? So you go out. Let's say you you've agreed that okay, we're gonna ease into this slowly, and then and then something you go out and you find someone. Um, mm-hmm. Then when that's over, let's say you know you I don't know you come home after having gone home with some mm-hmm. guy or a girl or whatever, and then. Mm-hmm. Would you then, are people doing, I don't know, like a status meeting, you know, like uh, analyzing, yeah, okay, how did that. they feel? And, and, and yeah, what, they might what, do that. Yeah. 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 And I think very likely that's what would happen if a close relationship were opening up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's definitely necessary because it's, it, you're, you're changing a lot of things. Um, and from like for couples who have been together for a very long time, especially if they started out very young, like mm. this is what they feel like. Yeah. So there has to be this kind of very slow kind of decoupling of yeah. of you know separating this dependency our somehow yeah it's like yeah. very codependent very like and, and the feeling that me and my husband had was like i don't know where i end and you begin like mm-hmm. i don't know where the difference between me and you is because mm-hmm. we have been together for such a long time mm-hmm. i just felt like he was a part of me mm-hmm. so so doing this kind of slow detangling of our identities and and what is mine and what is yours is going to take some time mm-hmm. And, and, like, there is going to be hurt involved. Like, not deliberate. Not that I will go out and, you know, have sex with somebody else and it, I'm trying to hurt my husband. That's not what's happening. Mm. But just this whole, the whole process of it might very likely bring up something that's going to hurt him. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts in this. You know, there's like, a lot of moving parts yeah, in this, that's right. You, and you can't, like, one situation can never be kind Perfect. of replicated no. exactly into another. No. I mean, and I, I when I... Think about this: is that you know, like um, sometimes I, you know, sometimes when my girlfriend comes home late, I'm very happy about it because I'm I'm watching something and I'm mm-hmm. really happy that she's away. Yeah. But there have also been moments where I'm there, like, where is she? You know, yeah. and, and and I don't automatically assume that she's doing something that no, I'm no, not no. happy about. But it's and and this I I have no fucking clue what <laughs> makes this difference. You know, it's mm-hmm. it could be the 
the Monday this week and then the Monday next week yeah, and yeah. I have a completely different and that's just about I don't know like yeah. how I feel at that point in time yeah. so I guess when when something like you know you yeah you you went to be with someone else then mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff to kind of dissect and digest yeah. you know and in the beginning it's gonna it's, like it's gonna be really hard in the beginning mm. um, for most people, like I assume, like mm. for, for many people, it's going to be hard in the beginning, and that's why you need to take slow steps. Like if yeah. you're opening a relationship, it has to be very slow. Um, and for many, I think for many people, we just have a lot to learn about understanding our emotions, communicating them, mm. um, understanding that our partner is not at fault for mm. making us unhappy mm. about things. Um, that we have to communicate our needs. Like there's a there's a lot of things that people need to learn. Mm. And what polyamory did for us was just like force us into learning it, mm. um, learning things, like giving us challenges and and like projects <laughs> to examine ourselves more mm. that monogamy never would have. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's that's the big like challenge that people are intimidated by. It's like, oh my God, that, that's going to be so emotionally taxing. It's going to be so yeah. hard. Yeah. And that's true. Because we want the easy way. I mean, we don't want to. We yeah. don't want to have to think too much, and we don't want to yeah. have to. We don't want to feel jealousy. We don't want to feel sad. Definitely you know, like it's. Don't. We're always trying to avoid yeah. these emotions. You know, so. And this is like a can of worms when it comes to that because you like I said, it's the deep sea. Just yeah. like. <laughs> Exactly. You've been playing in the kiddie pool, now I'm going to put you in the sea. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's kind of what that is. But, but I think that with every choice, you have like pros and cons. Mm. So monogamy is going to be like safe and easy in some sense, but it might also be boring and you might sacrifice a part of your happiness and mm. your authenticity. Mm. But polyamory might open up a lot of freedom, mm. but it might as well be at point, like at some times insecure. It mm. might, you know, you have a lot of uncertainty maybe around where your life is going, where this relationship is going. Um, so that's that's a part of it, and you need to process your feelings. You need mm. to communicate with your partner. Mm. Now, I mean, just for the sake of simplicity, let's just call it a primary relationship and a secondary mm-hmm. relationship. I mean, so, would, like, I don't know, if I if I had a um, a girlfriend, not or like a secondary girlfriend, my primary mm-hmm. girlfriend, and um, how? How are these people, what's their, the person, the secondary person's role, you know, like, do they know, I don't know, do they know somehow, like your boyfriend, does he know that, okay, well, this, I have this role in this whole setup, Um, and how do you kind of present that, maybe when you, I don't know, when you show up, wherever, you know, like you meet someone new and... Mm -hmm. And then you say, yeah, okay, I'm polyamorous, but uh, this is my husband, these are my kids, this is my house, this is my dog. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get any of that, but here I am. Mm-hmm. How, how? Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is something that everybody who is open to having new relationships should think about. Like, mm. what is, what is, what's, what's kind of the vacant slot in my life? Like, mm. what's, mm. what open positions do I have in my yeah. life? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of if you're Comes a company. the engineer. Yeah, it's like yeah. if you have, a, if you're, you're running a company and you have like, we're, we're hiring for, yeah. for this position. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like the more clear you can be about what capacity you have, um, what time you have available, mm. what commitment you're open to ha- making, um, the better. And you need to communicate it, or I mean, do you know what I mean? Do you need yeah, to? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and I mean, the more clear you can be with yourself and others, the better, mm-hmm. of course. And setting expectations, you know, where they're realistic, mm-hmm. um, is important. And 
I mean, people are people sometimes ask me like, okay, what if your boyfriend would want to have kids with you? Mm-hmm. Like that, so that's kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, that's kind yeah, of the way you're going yeah. with this, um, and that's just in the same sense that anybody should. Like, what am I looking for? Like, mm-hmm. what do I really want from a relationship mm-hmm. or in my life? Mm-hmm. And is this a person who can possibly do that with me and might possibly want to do with that mm-hmm. with me? Um, like we said, uh, bef- like I said before, with the twelve-sided die. Um, I have some areas fulfilled in my life and I have some other ones that I'm looking to fulfill. Mm. Um, and then like having a conversation like, this is what I'm open to having with you. Mm. What are you looking for? Mm. Um, but would you consider that as an example? I mean, like to... Like right now, I'm, I'm really not ready to be pregnant again and have kids. Mm. <laughs> so that kind of ends that discussion. Mm-hmm. And the same for him, like he's mm-hmm. not ready to have kids now. So no. that's not something that we're, we're considering. But if if that feeling would change, if you thought like, okay, I would like to have one, one more child. I mean, like my view in life is just I'll cross that bridge when I get to yeah, it. Yeah, okay. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> makes yeah. sense. I mean, but yeah. I mean, is that in general? Some people I mean, would do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, and and there are people who are, you know, having a child and there's three parents, mm-hmm. like at the, from the start. Yeah. Like there might be a woman or two women and a man or one woman and two men and they mm. decide to have a kid mm. and like ha- make that agreement like we are the three parents of this child yeah i mean and i know two gay couples like two uh like homosexual men and then homosexual women decided to have a child yeah, together together yeah i, I know a co- i yeah. know personally yeah, the people yeah. so like anything is possible yeah, yeah. but the the um, i i i often wanted about this like because i think oh shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah often you know, when, when people talk poly relationships or, or open relationship, then it's it's very much just about the dynamic between those two people, like in yeah. your case, you and your husband. But but there is a third party and yeah. sometimes two or three third parties or more. Yeah. And I often feel that they kind of... Get left out of yeah, the conversation. We yeah, we don't hear a lot about them, you know. Yeah, so like... Yeah, that's, that's a really important part of it is. And, and that's also... What's important here as well is not everybody is wanting to go through this escalator mm. like in life. Mm. Like not everybody wants yeah, the marriage yeah. and the kids and the house so and the whole thing. For them this could be ideal to be. Yes. Mm. And you know, for a while I was dating a woman who, you know, wanted more alone time. She, she like she was very involved in her business. Like mm. she didn't have a lot of time. Didn't have really didn't <laughs> like didn't want to be too involved with somebody. Mm. So f- so f- for her dating me was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like she she could be with me like once or twice a week. I was not demanding a lot of, from her. I had a you know my my yeah, plate was kind uh, of full. Your life, yeah. yeah. So that that was kind of this perfect. Like we had this side of our die which which met perfectly. Mm. Like this is this is perfect for us now. Mm. So, um, and that's maybe something that we need to be more open to considering that. People want all kinds of things from life. Mm. They don't all want the marriage and the, the yeah. illusion of happily ever after. No, Many but there's a lot of social pressure for it. I mean, like there's yeah, there's a lot of social lot pressure, of pressure. But like, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but is there something that you agree that, like, I don't know, like in this that sets off limits? Let's say that you you would never, um, I don't know, date an ex or, you know, like. Someone that you were romantic. I mean, in your case, you, you for probably, me, no. Yeah, because you were seventeen, also when you met. I mean, so you. Well, I had a boyfriend like every year from when I was six to sixteen. Aha. Uh-huh. More than one. So okay. you know, I have a long history of yeah. like <laughs> childhood relationships. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like in my case, I don't have any restrictions. No. 
Um, but it would that be common thing to do? Like some uh, people, yeah, some people would definitely do that, and yeah. and some people would set boundaries around like don't date somebody you're working with, don't mm. don't date somebody in our group of friends. Yeah. Um, for people living in small towns, mm. um, some people have like you you're not allowed to date or have sex with anybody in our town because mm -hmm. that the word's gonna spread. Mm. Like yeah, whatever whatever people feel like would be uncomfortable for them. I mean, and and your partner's okay with that kind of agreement? Mm. Sure. Mm. But like, just uh, if let's say that that you you go to a party, I don't know, work party or something like that, and uh, um, and you meet a girl that you're super attracted to, you can just go home with her. Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't need to make a call or no, unless you were not coming home. I mean, usually, usually I would know if I have to come home or not. Yeah. Um, and no, we don't have to okay. do that. So there are no. I mean, we've we've been polyamorous for four years, yeah. so we're we're kind of seasoned okay. in this. Um, yeah. But in the in the beginning, it might have been more, you know, needed to be communicated. Mm. And but that's what people need to do. They need to be very, and I think people in monogamous relationships should definitely do this as well. And I mm. had a I had a you know good discussion on my Instagram around what's allowed and what is not, mm. because there's a huge gray area in all relationships where one partner might feel that this kind of behavior is okay, and the mm. other one would say, this yeah. is infidelity. Yeah. Okay, okay. So please communicate this. Yeah. Just please, because this is, this is huge, and it's gonna, it's gonna hurt you <laughs> tremendously if something of this happened. But this mm. is something that you can communicate beforehand. Um, so the same goes with opening relationships. Like know what is allowed and what is not. Mm. And if, if you need to take very small steps, um, just be very clear on what is, what like what steps you want you need to take um and like follow through on that yeah. and, w and which rules if any or what to yeah. communicate and when not to communicate yeah. and, and so on yeah um uh, yeah we talked before we started recording we we're talk talking a little bit and you mentioned it earlier like the glue i mean um I th my therapist once told me that um you need to have a glue in your life some purpose that binds you together with your partner and mm -hmm. that can be like a home or ch kids or business or Pets or even a hobby, yeah. And uh, and then um, it, when I started looking into your stuff, and I had actually a poly uh, therapist on my podcast in the, when I started it, we didn't go deep into not, not like this. Mm -hmm. And when I kind of yeah started looking into this, then I, I was thinking like, okay, so all relationships go through like a rough patch, you know, mm -hmm. like you disagree about something or mm -hmm. you just find each other boring, you know, mm -hmm. like, or, or, or there's annoying. something that, yeah, annoying yeah. And, and bothering people. And I, mm -hmm. for example, when COVID started, I think we would kill, I thought we would yeah. kill each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> isn't it, can it be like, or is it, I don't know, is it a relevant fear to think that, okay, that this other relationship here can be my way out? Mm -hmm. Like it's more exciting. There's a new person. It's a rush, yeah. you know. Yeah. Is this yeah, a know rush, you, you know? Yeah, because when when you when you said the thing about the glue, like you need to have some kind of a glue in a relationship. That's kind of what people do when they decide to be exclusive. They kind mm. of build this kind of like fence, like I mentioned before, which is kind of holding the relationship together. <clears throat> but when you have non-exclusivity, it's like, what the fuck is holding this together? Mm. <laughs> like, wh why are you together? And mm. I have I've gotten this question. So like, if since your relationship is open, why are you together? Mm. Um, and I absolutely agree that a relationship needs to be built around some common sense or common, um, you know, meaning around where the relationship is going. Mm. And, you know, that can be living together, having kids or dog or whatever. It can also just be like 
what kind of a relationship do you want to be in? Mm. Like, and, and for me, it would be like growth or personal growth is a really important part for me, being honest and being, you know, owning your shit, <laughs> like mm. not, not allowing your ego just to ro- run the show. Mm. Um, so that is like a strong meaning for me. Mm. Um, and I think looking forward, um, what is going to define a good relationship is resilience. Mm. Like people, that people are, you know, knowing that life is going to change, they are going to change, their needs in the relationship and life is going to change. And, you know, f- for me, I think the, the best commitment you could make is just I will commit to you know, giving my best and, and being in the res- relationship as long as it's serving me and you. Mm. Mm. And, and giving our best to it. Mm. Um, but like saying, um, being but polyamorous... This is a scary thing though, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. I mean, because you're saying, I'm here as long as it's good, yeah. in a way. Yeah. But of, obviously it's the right way to think about it. Yeah. Because nobody wants to be in a bad relationship. No. Neither neither party or the kids or anyone. That's not right. even the dog. That's right, not so, even the dog, it's true. So, but it's, it's still like, it's this is just a reality check that most people don't want to do. You know? And I mean, for some people... Like I said before, if you really believe in monogamy, if you really believe that staying committed to that one person throughout mm. life, like until death do us part, do that. And if that's really what you believe is best for you, do that and do everything that you need to do that. Mm. But just know that there are like risks and challenges involved. Mm. It's going to be hard and that it's probably going to mean that you might sacrifice doing some things that you want in your life. Mm. But if, if you really believe that this is the best way for you to do it, I think you can do it and you can find meaning in that. Mm. But I just don't believe that. And that's kind of the, um, like what we're seeing is that an, a failed, like failed relationship is such a horrible term um, when relationships end. Mm. Like, so that when a relationship ends, it's deemed as failing. Mm. But we shouldn't stay in relationships no. that don't make us happy. You grow out of them. And you grow no. out of them. And I think what I really want to encourage people to do is like don't be lazy mm. like don't just allow the relationship to dissolve and mm. disconnect because mm. you're lazy and you're not doing the work like don't do that mm. um like really show up really be true to you like commit time to connecting and, and like building this deep bond and deep intimacy like really do that mm. um but if you're doing that and you still kind of end up in this like it would serve me more i would be more happy if i could live there or have this kind of a lifestyle mm. or do that something or whatever, yeah. yeah that that you don't want to do or that you don't see how you can fit into the picture of mm. doing that because mm. you want to do something that looks different mm. then it the people would be happier separate yeah i mean that is my radical view of relationships not everybody agrees with that maybe no but i think that i think Fear of honesty is the biggest problem yeah. we have in relation. You know, we don't want to talk about those, as you mentioned. Be- but we're afraid of honesty because yeah. we're afraid of breaking up. Yeah, we're afraid of being. Or you know, we're afraid of not something. being yeah. the only one our partner wants or desires. Yeah, like that is the strongest fear. We're, yeah. we're afraid that you might want to break up with me, or I'm afraid that you might want to have sex with somebody else. Mm. And I want to avoid these at all costs. Yeah, no matter what. No matter what. Yeah, Thorodur. So, what's the kind of yeah when 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 it comes to polyamory, uh, what's the most common kind of misconception that people have? Um, the most common kind of stereotype or misconception people have is that um, it's just about sex, and that it cannot work, mm. and that it's like the last resort to save a relationship. Mm. That's kind of the three um, 
most common kind of, you know, blah, 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 that people yeah. would say. Mm. Yeah. And, and that part about saving, I mean, obviously, I, for me, the sex part is obvious. It, it is. Also, it's a big part of it, yeah, yeah I mean, definitely. It, uh, and it must be because we are attracted sexually to more people than just one. And sex is just fun. Like, yeah. and, and pleasure is good for you. It's yeah. like this classic quote. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just sex negativity that keeps us kind of trapped in like, you're just supposed to be happy with one person. What, like, having sex with more people is fun. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, but the, the, um, what do you said last part, like, a way to that is fix. That is the, ra that opening a relationship is the last resort to saving it. Yeah. But isn't it possible that, like, in some cases that, like, I don't know, because, I mean, relationship dynamics between people and couples and, and married people are, are, there's often, a, let's say, a disbalance when it comes to power. Imbalance in power, yeah. Um, is, isn't it possible that in, in some cases that a person has convinced their partner to go into something like this, whereas the partner says, I don't really want this, but I'm he or she wants this, so I'm just going to tag along and deal with it. Yeah, I mean, that's codependency and violence and <laughs> not <Yeah>. good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, that, and that is also, th that what you mentioned um, is also a very common misconception. Mm. Like, people might think like, yeah, he or she just convinced him to mm. do it, mm. um, to get her way with him. Mm. And like, if that's actually what's happening, mm. please, um, like help these people, mm. <laughs> but no, that's that's usually not the thing. And and um, like I said before, if if one person wants it and the other one doesn't, they are going to be miserable staying together. Mm. Like one of them has to sacrifice a part of themselves. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you're doing, and I really encourage people when they then look to m my advice around this, is like don't do this for your partner. Mm -hmm. Like please don't. You have to find out for yourself if this is what you want, and you have to do it on your own terms. Like mm -hmm. you have to do it because I want to be in an open relationship, not mm. because I want to stay with this partner. Mm -hmm. Like if this partner wants an open relationship and you don't, don't open the relationship to stay with that partner. Mm. Please don't. Um, but some people do. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think- And I then mean, they blame their partner yeah. and they feel miserable. Yeah. Like, like I said, one of them is gonna be miserable. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I mean, not just when it comes to this, I think a lot of people spend their lives kind of fulfilling other people's wishes, you know, and yep. then they wake up at 50 or 60 yep. and they're super miserable yep. and, and then they become vengeful and, and boring. And, and the worst part is you, you have nowhere to point fingers at. Mm. Like because at the end of the day, you are responsible for your happiness. Mm. And, and don't get me wrong, I think there's, um, there is like perfectly solid ground for people trying it because mm. you, you, you might not know if this is something that you want or not. Mm. So. Um, even like it might scare you in the beginning and you're not sure if, if you're just doing it to save your partner or to save the relationship or if it's something you actually want. So you might need a trial period mm -hmm. to test it out and see how it feels and see if, if you like it. Mm. And, and like after that you can evaluate, no, this is not what I want. Mm. I don't like this. I'm, I'm not willing to do this like, and that's fine. Mm. Um, but like in, in your case, why, why would you have chosen poly versus swinging? I mean, let's say, what, me, was it, what was it that you were looking for that was not just sexual? Yeah, yeah, good point. Like for me, I had, like, I had the experience of falling in love with somebody else or like uh -huh. maybe feeling attracted and, and having a crush on somebody else. So I knew that I cannot control my feelings. Like I said, mm. with the swimming pool, like pee over here, oh. not pee over here. Yeah. Like I knew that 
even when I didn't want to develop feelings for this person, it, it still happened. Oh. Just because but there was chemistry, I liked the person, um, like I, we enjoyed spending time together. Um, and having experienced that, and, and as well, like experiencing the heartbreak of having to like sever that connection, because mm. I, I just kind of had to limit all contact with him to, to kind of like save me and my relationship. Mm. Um, which felt like it was, I was heartbroken. It was yeah. Like I, I lost my best friend. Yeah. Um, so I knew I didn't, I didn't, I didn't believe in limiting feelings or you know chemistry you have with people. So mm. um, that's why swinging didn't appeal to me in that sense. Like you can only have sex with the person and not have feelings and mm -hmm. not enjoy spending time with them. Because I, I also just wanted to you know get to know people more. Yeah, yeah. Um, and nice. have somebody to, like to you know go hiking with or like whatever yeah. t whatever it is that we would like to do. And that, and that's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's touches on that fear and jealousy is that like you yourself were never afraid that you would have more fun or so much fun with someone else that you would kind of close the other door Leave behind Leave my you. husband. Yeah. Well, so the thing with like, this is a very common fear that mm. people have. And like, so when I was previously like, you know, having a crush on my coworker, um, the only option I had in my mind was like either I have to like break up with my husband to stay with this one or mm. break him out of my life and stay yeah. with my husband. Like there was no... You didn't, was want, no cheat. You didn't want to cheat. I didn't want to cheat, obviously mm -hmm. not. So there, there was no way that they could like coexist in my life. Mm -hmm. But being polyamorous, I don't have to choose. Yeah. So if even if like now I have a boyfriend like and I really love spending time with him, mm. I don't have to leave my husband to spend time with him. Mm -hmm. I will spend time with both of them. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to exclude them. Mm. So that's kind of, you know, this the thinking that people have to kind of get used to when they see this is um, what happens if you want the other one more? Mm. Like the only reason I would break up with my husband is if I don't want to spend time with him anymore. Yeah, yeah. but it's just it's such a binary thing that we have yeah. a really hard time kind of... I know. It's, a, it's, a, it's just listening to you say this yeah. is like, oh, shit, I sweat <laughs> it, you know, like... Yeah, but that's the reality of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, we have this very black and white view yeah, of everything, yeah. but that's not how life works. No, and that's not how emotions and feelings work, for that, sure, you and, know, or and desires, so, you know? Yeah, so I think also a good way that can help people understand this is like when when people have a child, they love this child very much. Mm. And then they have another child yeah. and they just love that child as well. Like they love it more, like their heart just expands. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly how I feel. Like when I when I enter a relationship with somebody, I can just feel how my like heart grows. Yeah. It's not that I'm I'm it's not that I only have like one tank of love and that yeah, I have to uh, yeah. take from this one three, to give three to another left one. No, it's not like that. Yeah. It's not a zero sum game. And what about your, let's say, your, your marriage? I mean, how has this made your marriage better? It has, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. In which way? So, most, mostly in the beginning it was like just being free to express myself mm. and not being, not being confined by the fear that my, uh, my husband might freak out if I tell, like, told him about some sexual fantasy I had or about mm. a person I liked or something. That it was just like, wow, okay. I can accept that he wants to do things that do not involve me mm. and that he can accept, accept me for wanting things that don't involve him. Mm. Um, which just like the re relaxation of being able to express yourself in that way mm. was phenomenal. Mm. Um, and also 
like letting go of the expectation that I need to have everything fulfilled from him, mm. which is something that I had, you know, bef before starting talking about polyamory, this was an idea that I had come to terms with um, in my kind of research into how can I make my relationship better. Because there was there was some area in my life that he was like not interested into at all, like like mm. you mentioned before, like you wanted to go hiking, your girlfriend doesn't like it. Mm. So I had like bumped into that wall of being like, why doesn't he like this? Um, and realizing, well, okay, I, I just need to have friends who can talk no, to me about these no. things, or like I have to find this somewhere else. So I, I had already started to kind of dismantle this kind of fantasy in my mind that I should have everything fulfilled from him. But just kind of, this really just brings it home, like mm. really, um, that he's not supposed to fulfill everything for me. Mm. But you grew. Do you feel that your, your marriage or your relationship with your husband has grown somehow? Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. it's more honest and it's more it's, solid, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and, and just, okay, as well as like since we started together so young, like 17, um, for us, we both like physically feel mm -hmm. this kind of merging mm -hmm. of our lives, like we're mm -hmm. intertwined. And just having the slow kind of decoupling of our identities and realizing I am my person, I am responsible for this and this and this, and these are my feelings, these are your feelings. Mm -hmm. It just makes everything so much more clear. There's more clarity around. Mm -hmm. Um, what issue we're dealing with? Like, okay, we have an issue here. This is, this is an issue with me feeling this way because of blah blah blah. This is my responsibility. It's not. You don't have to come in and fix everything for me. And these are all skills and you know attributes of a good relationship that any relationship should have. Yeah, yeah. Regardless of yeah, being poly or not. Regardless of being but, poly but, or not. But by going into poly, you kind of had to dissect everything. Yes, really. Yeah. Really had to dissect. Because it. that's what I notice on your content is that it actually. I mean, yeah. Poly is where you are, yeah. but the stuff you're talking about yeah. actually should be talked about in every relationship. You know, yeah. who's responsible for what, what yeah. we can we expect from the relationship, and then yeah, in in your your case you're poly, but other people could choose to be monogamous, but they need the same kind of treatment, yeah. you know, or, or pattern in in their behaviors and relationship. Yeah. So I think, and also like <clears throat> talking about sex, like because we had been together for such a long time. Um, in my mind, and probably in his uh, as well, like my sexuality was kind of his. Mm -hmm. Like my whole sexual identity and like my sexual being was completely connected to him mm -hmm. and everything that we, like our sex life together was like my sex life. Mm -hmm. um, so becoming polyamorous and having sex with other people was just like, wow, yeah, okay, I have this whole, I have this whole like sexual mind and identity that, that is just mine. Yep. That's not his. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with him. Yeah. And that was a really refreshing experience for me, and I think for a lot of women, um, to have, it's kind of like getting the sexual sovereignty back. Mm. Um, and it, it's, yeah. I, I know it's, it's, it sounds crazy, but the way society has kind of, you know, raised women to be mm. this kind of property of men, even though nobody talks this way today, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. there are, the effect of it is still there. Mm. Mm. So yeah, but but so, but uh, talking about sex, for example, I mean, did, did this improve your sex life with your husband uh, or yeah, change it? Absolutely, somehow? yeah, uh -huh. it, it changed a lot. Like and like for one, it was just fun and exhilarating to finally be talking about things openly, like talking about yeah. what we actually like yeah. talking talking about things we actually wanted to do, yeah. um, and just kind of having this kind of fantasy talk for the first time for real. Uh, which any couple can do, <laughs> again. Like all of these things I'm saying oh. is, is not limited to polyamory. Um, 
but yeah, just like me kind of getting back my, like I said, so sexual sovereignty and getting this feeling back like that my sex life is mine. Um, yeah, it kind of empowered me, mm. which which is good for sex. Mm. <laughs> um, what about your boyfriend and your husband? I mean, I, I've seen it on your Instagram. They have met. I know, I know yeah. that they have met. But like, is that common in, 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 in a polyamorous relationship that, I mean, would it be like a set of, Oh, well, you actually mentioned the, the gay couples and the lesbian couple that have the kids together. Yeah. So I guess... They're yeah. not polyamorous, though. But no, but, yeah. but I mean, I guess in the same way as that can happen or, or, or happens is that, like, would, you know, would you imagine that you would be in a relationship with your husband and, and, and some other person and you would just all go together, I don't know, playing golf? Yeah, sure. I could see that happening. Mm -hmm. I think it it requires that all all of the individuals involved have this kind of um, have come to terms with polyamory in their life and mm. they're like feeling you know satisfied with this identity in their life. Mm. Um, I think if people are very new to polyamory, that it's it's more hard to grasp the idea of spending time with your metamors, which mm. is what it's called. Mm. Um, so Meta. metamors, uh -huh. like a meta. Um, yep. met amor, yep. like love, so metamor is, is the term for this. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, when you're like new to polyamory and are kind of might be intimidated by this idea and you still have a lot of, you know, identity work and emotional work to yep. do, it might be more hard. Um, but I know a bunch of people like in Iceland as well that have really come to terms with being polyamorous and they're just very rooted in their polyamorous identity and they're completely fine with spending time with other partners. Mm. But not, it's not necessary. Mm. You don't have to do that. But do you see that relationship as a, I don't know, like a, as an extended part of your family in some way? Do you know what I mean? Could you, I don't know, let's say that, that you, were, you were seeing a guy and he's... Um, it's a great carpenter or something, you mm -hmm. know, and then something needs to be done around the house and, and your husband is, is not a carpenter, he's yeah. a software engineer or whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely, people actually do that, yeah. yeah. I know of, uh, yeah, I know of um, people in Iceland who, like, built a kind of a, ver potler, a veranda, yeah, a veranda outside, yeah. outside of their house yeah. and the husband and the boyfriend were helping each other out doing it. Yeah. So yeah, all kinds of you know babysitting, and there's also, yeah. and it just comes down to what people are, you know, what they enjoy doing, what they're willing to contribute to mm. the relationship or the family or whatever, um, and what everybody is happy with. Mm. Talking about that, now you started mentioning Iceland and building verandas outside. <laughs> so Iceland is really funny in that way that. Everybody has a veranda yeah, and, a, and, a, hot and a hot tub, yeah. but the weather doesn't really... No, you never use it. Yeah, you never use it. So, it, and, <laughs> But you you put this uh, wood protection on it every yeah. two years and you fucking hate it. Yeah. Uh, but we, we all do it. But and, for the three days during summer that it's a, it, the weather is good, you absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah. But most most of us then complain, it's too warm here. Yeah. It's kind of too warm. Yeah. But it's it's crazy, actually. I've been here now for, for five days, and uh, my first morning, or four days or something, the first morning I w went out running, it was sunny. And I was like, wow, this is great. And I was running here down, yeah, actually around here where we are. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I went, I stopped at a cafe on the way home, had some coffee and some water, and then I, I walked walked back, and, and then it started snowing. Mm -hmm. I yep. was like, yeah, this is the good this old Iceland. Iceland. Yeah, back, yeah, know? I know. <laughs> but, yeah, but talking about that, I mean, Iceland is 360,000 people. It's a very small community, extremely 
no disrespect, but has a very high level of hurt mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's not like a lot of space for diversity, at least, well, it depends a little bit on who you are and how you say it, but but I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like we are kind of, we are, we're following that escalator a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I can imagine, you know, but first when I found you and I was looking at your stuff, I was like, wow, this girl is brave. <laughs> you know, like this is like, um, I don't know, this is like standing up in heaven and say, I, I believe in the devil, you know? Yeah. How, how, how does this, how has this journey been for you in terms of, you know, being judged and, and stuff like that? I mean, on a kind of a societal level. More. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing, like with a small society like this, like everybody talks about things, mm. but nobody talks about them to your face. So almost nobody has come to me to discuss their opinions about this. Mm -hmm. Not even when they're drunk? Um, Maybe I'm not that much around drunk people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Maybe I don't have that. But I mean, I I read the comments. I read all the comments and I was just like, yeah, it's it's everything that I expected. Mm. Um, What is the most common response, I mean, or reaction? I mean, a lot of it is just like, these obscene jokes around, you know, sex is, mm-hmm. you know, one of them. Like, oh, what a slut, blah, 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 something like that, mm. uh, which was to be expected. Um, but is there, there's nothing wrong with being a slut. If exactly. You're, yeah. So that was like, that's, that's actually a very interesting part of my journey into being public about this. Because mm. I, when I thought about the idea of being public about this, mm. um, I, I of course thought like okay well what are people gonna say what and I I, I like asked the polyamorous community in Iceland like so should I do an interview should I talk about this um, what do you say and, and some of them said like well I did this and this an interview it didn't go well um, there were bad repercussions for me you know professionally or mm. whatever um, so I knew yeah so I thought okay what would people say what might people think mm. and obviously a lot of you know sexual shame like. What, what a slut, blah, blah, blah. These are just, you know, sex addicts, whatever the people might think. Like that, that's not probably the worst addiction, though, to have. I mean, Probably not. Mm. Um, so I decided that if I were going to be public about this, that I had to be okay with being misjudged mm. and that people might misunderstand me. Mm. And to be able to do that, I also had to, or I decided to, like, come to kind of face my own... Um, what can I say, prejudice around sluts, basically. Mm. And just being okay with being called a slut. Mm. And thinking like, okay, if I know somebody who has a lot of sex with a lot of people, do I judge that? Mm. No, I don't. Mm. You're perfectly fine, you're an adult, Mm. consenting people, Mm. do whatever you want, Mm. absolutely. So I don't judge that. So that kind of made me okay with coming out, uh, talking about this, and facing whatever judgment people are gonna bring. Mm. And Another part of it is, so let's say somebody that I know would read these news and think something obscure and horrific about me. Um, if they don't have the courage to come and talk to me about how that is affecting their relationship with me and their image of me, then that shows me well, the yeah, level of yeah, commitment yeah. that they are willing to have with me. Mm. So if they read something about me and judge me in some way that they then decide um, they don't want to be friends with me based on what they think of me now. Um, then they were never your friends in the first place. I wouldn't say it in that way. I would say, like, too bad for them. 
Like, and, and if, if that's how they define their friends mm. based mm. on their idea of what they read in the media and not on what they actually have in the connection with the people, mm. then that's their choice. Mm. So if people are not coming to me and saying, I'm worried about you, um, I, I have now changed my view of you and I now judge you in a negative way, are you willing to explain your life to me or can you tell me more so that I can understand why you would do this mm. um, in order for me to like, save our relationship? If you don't do that with me, mm. then that is your choice mm. and that is your responsibility mm. in your relationship to me. Mm. So I'm not doing anything new. I'm just continuing who I am and saying how I live my life. If that's going to change how much people are going to be want to be friends with me or whatever, then that's the choice. Mm-hmm. Have you lost some friends or are, are, no? have people some people that have, are not in part of your life now? No. Mm. And what about your grandma? She, she is actually the only one who has actually called me and said, yeah. Hi, I just really wanted to tell you I'm reading the news. I love you and I hope you're happy. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah. So she's That's been really very understanding. Great. Yeah. And I mean, obviously for parents, it's just like, you know, you don't want you don't want to have your noise, nose in your kid's sex life. You don't no. want to know too much about what's happening. No. So, I mean, that's understandable. Mm. But... Um, um, I was I was thinking about this because I know that you have two children and and I wasn't I wasn't a really nice kid when <laughs> I was a kid. Um, mm-hmm. It's amazing how nicely I turned out considering how I started. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the, and I remember when when there whenever there was someone in our school that I don't know had somehow some different setup, even if the parents were just divorced or I mean I remember this guy that his father had died. You know, like we. It was the stigma around these kids yeah. somehow, yeah. and I don't know. I mean, obviously, this is many, many years ago, so yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff has changed. And, yeah. and I was talking to a friend because I was telling a friend of mine yesterday that I was going to talk to you here, and mm-hmm. and his wife said to me, like, you you have to keep in mind, Dalmar, that on on in in a in a child's class today are probably going to be three yeah. children that have an unsecure sexual identity or something mm-hmm. like that. So there's a lot of sexual parents, yeah, you know, yeah. So so there is much more diversity right yeah. now, but. But have you explained this to your oldest child, yeah. for example, and yeah. and and how how uh, did that go? I mean, how does that work? Exactly. They yeah, they both know. They have met my boyfriend. They know uh-huh. he's my boyfriend. Um, so the way this conversation has gone in our family um, is just similar to how we would educate them on any other you know sexual societal issue. Mm. Um, so saying like. Um, some people consider it that you have to have a rule um, that you can only, you know, have a crush on one person. Mm. Uh, we don't have that rule. Mm. So my my son once asked me, like, Mom, what would you do if, if Dad would kiss another woman? Mm. And I said, well, I'm sure he would just tell me about it and mm. it wouldn't be that big a deal. Mm. But obviously he had heard some kind of discussion in, in his class, like around cheating or something mm. like that. So he was probably expecting me to say like, oh my God, that would be the worst or something like mm. that. But I could just calmly t- explain to him like, well, we our re- relationship is not built on that rule and mm. it wouldn't be so bad. Mm. Um, the same way we would say some people th- th- once thought that you could only have a man and a woman in a relationship, but we know that's not the way, the only way you can have a relationship. Uh, uh. So in, in kind of age appropriate way, we've kind of simply explained <laughs> how we live our life. Mm. And so when I was like meeting my boyfriend, he knew I had this friend who was called this and like 
um, he would sometimes see, like I was texting him, he would see his name. Mm. And then one day he asked me like, you know, is he your boyfriend? Like mm -hmm. after he had met him, like we went swimming together or something. And, and I said, yeah. So I, I, I kind of have this policy that I'm not going to lie to my kids if mm. they ask me, mm. but I don't have to explain everything to them in detail and I don't have to like obviously, you know, say yeah, inappropriate yeah. No, things no, to them. No, no, no. I mean, it has to be according to the level we'd say, right? People yeah. don't understand and digest. Yeah, but uh, you know, continuing on this kind of societal um, pressure or taboo in Iceland mm. or any other small community, I mean, I did think about um, being public in regards to my kids, like how, um, what do I believe is right? Um, how should this go? La la la, and. I, for me, I just came to the conclusion, like, I want my kids to know who I am mm. and I want to live my life as true to me as I possibly can. And I think that's the best way for me to set, um, you know, a good example for yeah. my kids and be a good role model and be true. Mm. Um, and I think you would want them to do the same. I you would want, want them, them to, to do the same. Yeah. And I think, so if I try to put myself in the shoes of my kids or like in the shoes of any kid, um, where there's like something going on in the lives of the parents that the parents might think they want to hide from their kids. Mm. I think that is a much more harmful thing that the parents are hiding something from their kids mm. than what the actual thing is. Mm. And, and in, because in this case, what the thing is, is just me wanting to be me and, and yeah. love in the way yeah, that I, I mean, want. It's not like you're doing something illegal yeah. or, or keeping slaves in the basement exactly. or something. Uh, so because, I'm, but because I fully believe in the way that I live and that I think it's like beautiful and true and, and perfectly fine. Mm. Um, I think there's no reason for me to hide it from my kids. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I mean, I, and, and you decide, you kind of decide to come out with this and, and go public. And, and uh, I mean, I guess that put, put a lot of different, I mean, yeah, then you had to start explaining to be, because I mean, you could have, you could have been poly and just, Nobody not tell knew. anybody. Yeah. yeah, and that's what the majority of people yeah. do. Yeah. And a lot of people in Iceland have like said either in the comments or, or sent me texts like, thank you for doing this. Mm. And thank you for being so brave of opening this discussion on behalf of us who cannot. Mm. And you, but how do you know? Like I asked you like before we started recording, I was saying so, and you said there's a secret handshake. <laughs> but, but is there like, a, I don't know, like... Like in a community like Iceland, there was always these rumors about uh, the pineapple in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the shopping cart in a, in a supermarket that indicated something. <laughs> but is there some, I mean, I don't know, is there a community? Is there a... Yeah, there's a community. Uh -huh. um, we have a, a group on Facebook that is private and hidden that, uh -huh. you, that you can't find. Um, so you can't just look it up and go see uh -huh. the directory of who's polyamorous. You have to know somebody on the inside um, to be able to access Get the group. In, yeah. yeah. Um, which is important to a lot of people because mm. a lot of people are not open about this. Um, but otherwise, like, if if you're... So what we did in the beginning, like, we were on Tinder, mm. and, but we would have it... You, you can pay and get, like, a membership so you can yeah. have it set to, like, secret mm -hmm. so nobody can see me unless I've right-swiped them. Uh -huh. okay. So that way I could filter out all the uncles and, and you know, friends that I didn't want to know. Because <laughs> yeah. that's Iceland, you know, you're mostly yeah. going to see a relative there. And so, I mean, that's yeah. one way to be polyamorous and private. Mm. Um, but then I think, like, I think people are not, are not that no nosy. Mm. But I think, I remember when I was, you know, like, young here and, and, um, and, and the striptease was starting. 
and it was a completely new thing and I was like wow this is amazing you know and then you, you mean like of, a strip club yeah 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 and uh, and then you kind of I remember you know I kind of assumed that for some reason I mean yeah stereotyping and and, and whatever that the girls that did this were somehow different than regular girls that they, yeah. they wanted something else or whatever mm -hmm. and and that and, and they that they were only thinking about sex I mean mm -hmm. and then when I started knowing them or some of them realized that okay they're just regular girls that just do this job yeah has that like when you came out with this like kind of publicly do you feel that people approach you somehow differently do you know what I mean I mean I don't know if you were standing in a bar yeah I know what you mean do they think that <laughs> oh, this is gonna be easy she's open yeah 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 you no know? Yeah, I th I'm sure that some people might think of me differently in that way. Mm. Um, I would sense that very fast, mm. um, and you would not get a pass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I mean, I do receive like some messages that are uh -huh. that are kind Did of pics or um, no, but but people who um, how can I explain? Like, so people who are possibly polyamorous or swinging or somehow, you know, open in that way. Uh -huh. um, they're very interested in discussing it with me. Mm -hmm. um, whereas I'm not so interested in hearing about their life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just uh -huh. like, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I know. Like, it's no big deal. Mm. Um, so I think that's like one way. Um, but so far, I haven't had any very inappropriate approaches. Mm. But why do men do that? Why do they send pics? I'm just curious because I... I I never got the answer. Has it ever worked? No, it, no, work? no, it doesn't work. Yeah. So please stop doing yeah, that. Yeah. No, no more unsolicited tactics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe um, finally or kind of to sum it up, like if, if people are interested in this, I mean, like, is there like three, four things that you say, like this is, you know, you must have, you have to do this before you even consider it. Mm. What would those things be if someone who is listening to this wants to now yeah. like, kind of start exploring? Well, you really have to face yourself. Be honest with yourself. Mm. Like, like that's that's the first and foremost thing that you have to have present, and you you have to be able to process your feelings and communicate. So for for the majority of people, myself included, like in the beginning, it meant I have to level up my emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. Like that's what you have to have. Um, and you probably will have to work on, you know, shame or on sex, definitely follow. Mm. And, you know, communication mm. is definitely going to be needed. Um, and, you know, that's not something that I can, like, explain here. Yeah, in, in, yeah, yeah. Because communication is like, the everything, everybody says, like, communication is key. And it is, but it's, it is a very... Um, it has to be very intentional, mm. and and before you can have good communication, you have to have good understanding of yourself. Mm. So that I, understanding of yourself, honest with yourself, is like the first and foremost thing that you need to do. Mm -hmm. But is there like a I don't know? Is there a checklist somewhere? I like I don't know. Like yeah, I mean there are books. Yeah, there are books that are good. Opening up is a really good book. That's uh -huh. got like um, it's almost it's like a manual for opening up relationships, mm -hmm. and it's gonna really guide you through. Yeah. Um, what are your boundaries? What are you okay with? What are you not okay with? What discussions need, do you need to have? Agreements, all kinds of things. Mm. Um, Ethical Slut is a perfect book. Yeah, I've heard about that one. Yeah, actually, it's yeah. a really good one. Um, it's going to deconstruct your shame around sex mm -hmm. a lot and, and kind of these rigid ideas of what sex is, what it's not. Um, yeah, this is, it's, it's a really good book mm. for that. Um, Polysecure 
I haven't read the whole book, but I've, I've, I've followed the author and, and read some of her like interviews and stuff. That book dives into what I kind of touched on, like the emotional trauma or like attachment issues, mm. which, which is kind of the root of why people avoid this. Mm. Um, so that book is just going to explain to you why are we so afraid of this? Why is it so hard? Mm. And how can we work with it? Mm -hmm. Like working with our nervous system, you know, the communication and understanding really what's underneath the insecurity. Mm. So that's going to be a really helpful book for people. Mm. And um, then there are people like you, I mean, that are sharing this. Yeah. I mean, you're sharing a lot of knowledge for free. I mean, um, in Icelandic, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, is, is there a situation where a couple that is in, I don't know, an Icelandic couple that is interested in exploring this, that they could order like a one-on-one -on -one with you? Like yeah, a, yeah, they and, can. And, and, and there you kind of go through the process with them, you discuss and, and guide yeah. them, right? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. they can do that. And I have had, I've had, a you know, mo I've had more individuals than couples because I have a lot of people come to me like that are considering this mm -hmm. and are kind of mustering up the bravery to talk, yeah. to talk about this with their partner. partner yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, al I've also met couples who are like, what are our next best steps? Like, we really want to do this well. Like, how can you help us navigate yeah. this? Um, so yeah, there's, and you know, you, you can find more people who are doing consultations like that. Yeah. But if you would think about like the, the, the most common mistake that if you, if you see something where people keep failing at this somehow or this goes wrong, what? Um, <laughs> That would be like trying to control things you can't control. Okay. And I, I, that, that's, but that's, that's life. Just a, that's life. Yeah. But really, just really try to understand what you're trying to control. You're trying to control how much your partner is attracted to you. You're mm. trying to control how much they love you, mm. or what they can do for you, mm. or you know, you're you're trying to control how much they like somebody else mm. because you think that's going to reflect yeah. onto how much they like you. Yeah. Like all of these tiny little things that you. You really, really wish you could control, control, but you can't. Yeah. So for me, Buddhism and yoga and like meditation, all these kind of spiritual practice has helped me tremendously letting go of the the pain and mm. the the suffering mm. around these issues. Mm. And I think like that's the silver lining of my content mm. is this the kind of the inner work that you have to do in order to not create more of suffering in yeah. your own life. Yeah, I, I I don't know why, but for some bizarre reason I, I never I never suffered from any massive jealousy or anything like this but mm -hmm. and I always had this very weird I always thought if, if I'm with if I have a girlfriend she's there because she wants to be there yeah she's not there because I forced her and to be there or someone told her you know yeah and that's the idea that people that's the true glue mm. in a relationship mm. and and you just have to really focus your attention on that if mm. you're in a polyamorous relationship mm. like this person has a choice mm -hmm. and that's like I now have a course running that's called The Choice is Yours. Mm. And you just have to be really sure, like, you are choosing to be in this relationship mm -hmm. and your partner is choosing it as well. Mm. And, and, and also um, letting go of, like, you're not trying to convince your partner to be with you. You're not trying to box them in. Mm -hmm. They have a choice to be with you. Yeah, exactly. Trust that they are using that choice to be with you. Yeah, exactly. They're not there for other, or, you know, other I mean, sometimes premises. they yeah. are. Sometimes people stay in relationship because they feel obliged or they're afraid of how society will judge them if they mm. break up. Mm. So sometimes people are actually staying in a relationship out of obligation. Mm. Please stop that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any negatives of this? Um, okay, so there's like pros and cons of every kind of relationship. Mm. Um, what could be the negative of this one? Mm. 
I mean, I've never... to go on podcasts and spend two hours with people. I don't have to do that. I choose to do that. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, there's, there's, in some sense, there's like less certainty. Mm. There's less boredom that comes with not mm. having certainty. Mm. So well, that's exciting. That's exciting. Mm. Sometimes the excitement is too much. Mm. Um, I mean, for me, it just feels like the right choice in how to live my life. Yeah. So I wouldn't change yeah, it. You wouldn't, yeah, yeah. And you are there because you didn't find the negatives or there, there haven't been. Yeah. I mean, mm. for me, the positives really outweigh the negatives. Mm -hmm. And the negatives are just like, I mean, you can experience more heartbreak. Mm. And that's a negative. Mm. I mean, I've had my heart broken like two times already um, mm. in this process. Um, I wouldn't change anything. Mm. I wouldn't go back and not have the relationships um, that had to end. Mm. So if you love more, you could also get your heart broken more. Yeah, it's a risk. It's a risk. Mm. Love is a risk. I was a guy that I was talking, he was actually, I haven't published that episode, but I was talking to him and he's in an open relationship. His girlfriend suggested that and he said that it's the quickest decision I said yes to. The <laughs> quickest suggestion. Yeah. And, uh, and he, he said that that was, the, that was so strange. He said, like, he was sitting with her, comforting her when some boyfriend go, ghosted her, you yeah. know, like some guy that she was going to meet, and yeah. then she had dressed up and everything, and then the guy ghosted. And, and, yeah. and it just really made me think that there are situations and circumstances yeah. in this that you, you can't really picture upfront in a way. No. That's and, absolutely, uh, we, and we have definitely had that. Like yeah. my husband has been, you know, comforting me se on several occasions where I'm like a mess because of somebody else. That's crazy, but uh, but it's great also. I mean, yeah, it's, and it's, I mean, uh, when I broke yeah. up with my girlfriend, um, he was really sad. Yeah. Like he was like, I, I I saw how happy you were with her. Like yeah. I'm sad that you had to break up. Wow, this is. I mean, yeah, this is brave. Or how do you say, adult. Let's say. Or yeah, mature. 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 Yeah, I mean, because we're not doing like like he's not doing it out of obligation. Mm. It's his, his choice. Yeah. And we're choosing because we want to. Mm. And in that sense, he wants me to be happy. So mm. if I have a relationship that makes me happy, he is happy for me. Mm. Even though sometimes it means like that I'm not spending like this weekend with him because yeah. I'm doing something else. Like, yeah. but if I'm doing it because I'm happy doing it, then he's happy for me. And he gets a better version of you back home Absolutely. and you get a better version of him back home. Same, I mean, yeah. like that, that's for sure. I mean, I know when my, I don't know, when my girlfriend went on a yoga retreat, she came back and I was like, wow, this is an yeah. upgrade, you know, like Absolutely. it's just great. Yeah. Because that was something that she really wanted to do, you know. And for me, that's exactly what polyamory is. It's, it's like a freedom to be constantly upgrading myself. Mm. There's no limits on how I can upgrade myself. That's the engineer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And being like fully authentic. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think we're kind of, yeah, we're done um, in a way. Like, uh, so people that are, I mean, there are Icelandic people going to see this and hear this. Um, so that's, um, where can they follow you? And I will put that in the episode notes yeah. as well. But easiest way is at Instagram, Sintra yeah. Samal is the mm -hmm. easiest way. Yeah. And um, yeah, guys, so thanks for watching, listening, um, whatever, and check out uh, Thorotur's social media it's really <laughs> cool stuff and um, one day it's going to be in, in English so. yeah I, I, <laughs> why do you speak such a great English why is your English so great I don't know well my dad lives in um, the United States uh -huh. and I visited him like every summer so maybe uh -huh. that's why yeah because I, I don't know I mean like I, I in general athletic people speak English quite well but you have mm -hmm. you have this accent that I was like mm, obviously you live somewhere abroad or something mm. Um, yeah, guys, so follow the, the show. Uh, there's a YouTube channel also where I started doing those videos, like um, uh, I call it ranting from the car, where I talk about stuff that is on my mind. I just released one now about 
six things that I like about Iceland and six things that I don't like about Iceland after having been here for a few days. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, ta I tackle these kind of, you know, yeah, basically whatever comes to my mind. So it's like five to 10 minute videos. And then, you know, the podcast episodes are there, but most of them are not in video. So you're better off um, watching and listening to them on Spotify or Apple or Google or whatever. It's been great to have you. Yeah. It's really, really. I mean, I had a, I have a much longer list of things, so um, <laughs> I will get you for the sequel. You know, yeah, like yeah, part yeah. two. Yeah. And uh, good luck with all this, and, and yeah, Thank you. thanks a lot for your time. Thank you.